Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Um, you know, what's going on with Ukraine and Russia and what's going on with uh, Turkey with their earthquakes and all the different things that have happened there and in Israel right now. And, and you know, the, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. And wherever that is that God has each one of us, that is the safest place. Because every country, there's upheaval. We have challenges in our country. I'm going to talk about a few of them um, tonight. But uh, uh, every country, we have got things with, that are shaking. But the Bible says that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken and if we live in that kingdom and we make room for him amen we make room and we live according to his kingdom and his principles we won't be shaken in the midst of all the shaking he can provide for his people in the midst of all of the shaking he can give us his perfect peace and perfect joy amen all of these things that the world can't give you he can give and it sustains us in such a powerful way. So um, tonight I, I want to, um, my, my message is, who is my neighbor? And, um, and we're going to take a passage right from scripture. Um, in Luke, Jesus was uh, addressing this. And I think it's really important. And I believe we're living in a day and an age where we need to answer this question for ourselves. And I love Jesus in that he always asks a question. And he gets you to think. And he gets you to, he doesn't, and we're going to see this here. Actually, let's just go read, it, read it and go there right away. Luke 10, and we're going to start at verse 25. So it says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. He said, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? Because this man was a, a law, uh, um, a, a lawyer, basically, of Mosaic law. He understood um, the, the law of God, religious law. And so, um, and he says, and how do you read it? So he's asking him, like, how do you see this? He didn't tell him. He says, how do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, right, do this and you will live. Now the man wanted to justify, <clears throat> it says here, his actions. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. Don't you love it? And I, and I love this too because Jesus was so relatable. He would give life stories. He would give life uh, things and he would relate to people at their level and um, it says here he says a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits they stripped him of his clothes beat him up and left him half dead beside the road by chance a priest came along but when he saw the man lying there he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by a temple assistant which was a, a Levite um, walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. 
Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. Then the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If this bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Again, asking a question. And the man replied, the one who showed mercy. And you realize he didn't even say the Samaritan? We're going to dig into this a little. But he said the man who showed mercy. And Jesus replied, yes, now go and do the same. Don't you just love how Jesus just cuts through all the fluff, all the nonsense that life can bring and our stupid thinking can bring? But I want us to break this down a bit because who is my neighbor? And, and I love this in that Jesus is digging deep into our hearts and he's basically trying to get us to, what's that? <laughs> and he's asking, like, you know, who is your neighbor? Because we all have limitations, you know. Is it just the person next door? Is it just that person, my friend, that I'm, I reach out to? Like, we all have our parameters and he's kind of like, kind of, expanding it and saying, look, you might need to reconsider this. And we're going to look at this tonight because I believe there's multiple levels that we can look at it. But it's interesting that he, he, first of all, takes a priest, takes someone who understood the law, understood God's law and God's ways, understood mercy and compassion from an understanding, yet totally disregarded it. He knew. He knew what to do. And again, another one, a, a, a Levite as well, understood this. And for some reason, just decided this isn't in my job description. And we all can set up those parameters in our lives. And I, I, I know for myself and our culture, we have a lot of comforts where if something intrudes on that, we kind of have a way of just pushing things around away from us so that it doesn't disturb my space. Right? And, and in this case, it was religious people that knew better. And this is the thing that we have to fight against is what we know we are to do, but we don't do it. It's not the, the, the sin of commission. It's the sin of omission. And the sin of omission many times is greater than the sin of commission. Not in that it's a worse sin. It's more prevalent. Prayerlessness is the sin of omission. You know what you need to do, and you just don't do it. There's a lot of spaces in our life where that happens. But we, we tend to focus on just the sins of commission. Oh, I didn't do that one. Oh, I didn't do that one. 
I'm good, I'm good, yeah, but what about the sins of omission? And we, 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 we don't look at those, but, but then I love how Jesus breaks it down and says, look, here's, then, a, then a Samaritan comes. So someone who's not in the covenant with God, and I believe he was speaking about the Gentiles and the, and the harvest that was going to come in because the children of Israel turned away from the Messiah. And he says that there's a harvest coming in from us. But he was a, a Samaritan, just kind of despised by the Jewish people. He didn't know whether this man was a Jew or not. So he didn't care about religion. He didn't care about which division he came from or sect he came from or um, he didn't have any of those parameters he just saw the value of a person a value soul that's all he saw who was beat up and you know in this war that's going on right now with Israel yes Israel's being attacked, but both sides are hurting. There are people on both sides that are hurting. And not that we justify the action, but war is never good, period. On both sides, and, and God needs to heal and restore on both sides. And so God sees the value of a soul, sees the value of a life, and that is our neighbor. That is our neighbor. And so how do we reach out to that neighbor? Because this guy, you know, this religious leader who was challenging Jesus, Jesus commended him. He said, look, you love God first. You love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Then you love your neighbor as yourself. The guy had it spot on. Those are the two things. If we do just those two things, guys, all of us, how many know we could change the world? Just do those two things. He says everything's summed up. If you just do those two things continually, let God love you, and then you give that love away. And love everyone like you love yourself. Whatever you do, when you do it, <clears throat> I always ask myself this when I'm doing different things. Like, you know, when you want to just throw that piece of garbage on the ground or whatever, because it's convenient, there's nothing there. Or, you know, you have to ask yourself, if, if everyone did what I just did, would it make the world a better place? If I didn't push my shopping cart into the place where it's, but I just shut. But would 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 the world be a better place? And and every action that we do, if we asked ourselves, like that action, is it making the world a better place? Am I loving my neighbor as I would love myself? And these types of things get us to kind of dig a little bit deeper. And this man was committed to the point that he was going to help this guy to his full restoration. And this is the commitment that we make as believers. We care about the whole person. And it doesn't mean that I do the whole thing. And we're going to see this tonight when we're looking at different things and I'm going to look at multiple levels of where we can care for our neighbor and how we can care for our neighbor. Because a lot of times we make the idea the ideal and we don't do it. We do that all the time. It's, it's this big ideal and we just don't do it. And instead of doing even the smallest deed is, is far greater than the greatest intention. But what we 
culturally what we fight against is we know a lot, but we don't do a lot. We, we can have teaching where we say, I'm teaching you something, but I'm not really doing this right now, but I'm, I'm okay teaching it. Read the scriptures. It says Jesus went about doing and teaching. That's the order it's written in. Read the book, beginning of Acts. It says who Jesus went about doing and teaching. He did it first. Then he taught it. He demonstrated what he was living. And we can fall into that, that trap where we, we can give a lot of advice, but we're not doing a whole lot. And actually, God looks at it a whole different way. And he says, no, you need to be doing it. I'm not really hearing you. I'm seeing you more than I'm hearing you. And the two need to be married. Amen? But we, we got to look at what is my neighbor. So this guy was committed to the point where he, he paid, took out of his own pocket. It says here he took care of him. Um, uh, he, he put the man on his own donkey. He stuck him in his really nice car. I'm sure the guy was bleeding all over the place and all over his donkey, right? So it's going to mess up your life a little bit. And this is what happens when we, when we take in those situations. And, and there's a multiple ways that, that God brings those to us. I'm not just talking about hurting people. Because we're going to look at this in other situations. But each situation, there is something that God can have each one of us do. And that's the thing that we need to ask ourselves. No, someone else isn't doing it. See, this is what the two religious guys thought. Someone else can take care of that. I've maybe got to go do my religious duties. I'm, I'm, I'm behind on this. That's the famous thing we all fight. Someone else is doing it. It's the government's job. That's a big one here. But God is saying to us, no, you go and do the same. You be that one that shows mercy. You be that one that has the heart that reaches out and says, God, what is it that you want me to do? It might be just pray, but prayer is powerful. We're going to see that. We're going to see this with, um, and we're going we're gonna to take someone that we, we know was on that road, and, uh, and Sarah, why don't you come on up here? I'm going to just introduce her. Sarah is my, my adopted niece from birth. We prayed her in. Um, Tina was my friend in high school way back in the day. And um, since grade nine, so, uh, and then she's one of those friends you just can't get rid of. <laughs> and, um, but she, uh, you know, when she was married, uh, they, it was a challenge having, having a, a child. And we prayed a long time for Sarah to come. And then, of course, Sarah came, and uh, it's been a blessing. But she had a bit of a bumpy road. And, uh, but you know what? We see the value of a soul. And I want us to see, this is just one example, but um, she, so she's gonna just share, so uh, we're gonna let Sarah share her, her story. All right, so I guess I'll just start off with my testimony. Um, so I've written it down, I'm a little bit nervous, don't judge me, but so. <laughs> 
All right, so my story isn't the prettiest, but what God did to save me was beautiful. From my earliest childhood memories, there was pain. I could remember always being on guard and wanting to protect my mom from seeing that I was hurting because I knew how hard she was trying to protect me from that. And even though I didn't see the abuse going on with my mom and my father, I still felt it. So instead of being a carefree child enjoying life, I was in fight or flight mode. Then when my father abandoned me, my little heart was shattered, not knowing why I wasn't good enough for him. I mean, it was a blessing that he left for safety reasons, but it still left me hurt and confused. Then before I even knew about my body and what God had designed it for, my innocence was already stolen from me. From that first experience of being sexually abused as a child, I felt broken and used, not even understanding why. So I shut down and guarded my heart so it couldn't be hurt anymore, but that didn't help. Then at 15, I started smoking weed and drinking, trying to numb the pain. I wanted to fit in and make the loneliness I felt go away. But the people who were around me saw my vulnerabilities and took advantage of them. Experience after experience, I became more vulnerable and more broken. At 18, I was taken and trafficked in the sex trade. I started using harder drugs and drinking even more because of the pain of being sold for money every day became too severe. I felt so dirty and used and felt even worse when my pink pimp would come and take the money and abuse me and treat me like I was worthless. Eventually, after a year, I escaped my traffickers and came back home, but not too long after that, I relapsed and got trafficked again. Multiple times by multiple pimps over the next four years, I never healed my broken heart, which is why it was so easy for others to exploit me again and again. I thought at that point I would never make it out. I thought this would be my life, so I attempted to kill myself multiple times with no success. But then at 23 years old, I had enough. There was nothing left in me. I felt so, so worthless, used and broken beyond repair. All I wanted was to be loved, and that's when God intervened. After chasing me down for all those years, I just finally ran into his loving arms that had been there for me all along, and that's when everything changed. He's healed pain I thought could never go away. He's given me a value that I never, ever had and never thought I would have after everything I had been through. God's taken away all of that pain. He's given me a hope and a future, not only for myself, but for others who have been through it too. I cannot wait to see what God does with this ministry and how he uses my story to save others. What I went through was awful, and there's no way of going around that, but God has truly shown me what the enemy meant for evil. He turns around for good. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to thank you all my whole church family for praying for me because God hears the cries of his people if it wasn't for God's grace all, and all of your prayers I would not be alive today even through the overdoses, suicide attempts and much more, God was there keeping me safe because of all of your prayers and as a thank you to everyone in the church, I made cookies because I know this is a hard topic. And I wanted to thank you all for being there for me because it means the world. So, amen, amen, yes. And this is an example, one example of loving your neighbor. And it was many people in many different ways that were stepping in to help in the situation. How important were your, your neighbors, your, your church family? <laughs> I know there were different times, different ones would call, they would, they would say the right thing, there were different low times. There's, 
you know, there's multiple stories we could bring out, but you want to maybe bring out a, just a couple of stories of where you saw God intervene? Yeah, I mean, like, just times that were really, really, really low for me, and I felt like giving up. It would just be a random phone call, even a random, you know, text with a picture on Facebook, just anything. And then, you know, it's God's love just intervening. I remember, it's funny you guys played Reckless Love, because actually, when I just left recently, I was tripping out. My phone started playing music, and I'm like, what is going on? And it was Reckless Love, and that's always the song that God had, has given me, just to show me that I'm loved. I might well stay up here, Sarah. Yeah. I want you to talk about the launch. So um, now the, the, the cool thing about when God does a restoration and God does healing, when we let God do that work, then the, the overflow of that is always others. And, and that's why Sarah now is, is launching this called You Are Loved. And um, do you know the stats, the latest stats for human trafficking? Um, I know it was said on the movie, uh, the, the last movie. How many have seen the movie um, Sound of Freedom? Is an eye-opener of how bad this situation is. It's a lot worse than... The, like, slavery right now is more rampant than it's ever been in the world. But why don't you explain a bit about You Are Loved a little bit more? So, yeah, you're loved basically when I, like, got out and everything. I, it just mortified me that people were still going through that. And so I asked God what to do, and he said, the love that I've shown you, show that to others. And I was like, okay, how do I do that? So this all just started with, you know, Carrie saying, why don't we make a website? My doctor suggested, why don't you sell these boxes? And now it's a whole business. But the main purpose of it is I sell these freedom boxes which are gift boxes, but in them, I wanted the girls to really know God's love, so I write an encouraging note in it, just telling them they can make it through, I've made it through, and really building them up, because that's the problem, is even statistically, girls go back um, and get trafficked again and again, I think it's three or four times on average, because you're broken. There's, like, you're just, you're nothing, you're such an empty shell, and you never think you're anything better or worth anything more, so that's why people keep going back. So it's really just trying to encourage them and lift them up and show them their value that they don't have. And that's why, I mean, I do the Freedom Boxes, but I'm having this launch day because I want to just educate people on it so we can all help because people come to church for help. This is a place we need to be ready for to help these women. So, yeah. So let's pray. Let's pray. Reach our hands to Sarah. I believe that sometimes there's tipping points. And I believe that this is a tipping point, not just for Sarah, but for an open door for the church to begin to be mobilized, to begin to do more in this area. So the launch date, um, it's open not just for big church. It's open for all the churches. We have it on one church. We've been promoting it there. The mayor is coming. We have the MP of uh, Barry is coming. So because this is a, a, an issue that leaders are dealing with in the city and they don't know what to do with it. So when they're hearing uh, anything that's beginning to happen, I just believe that as God brings different ones that things can begin to unfold. It, it doesn't ever fall on one person. The, the plan of God never is one person. He calls multiples together. That's a body and that's how it works. So. 
So let's pray over Sarah, but let's just pray over your love and God. First of all, I thank you. I thank you for for just the trophy of Sarah, your trophy of your redeeming love and your redeeming power. She stands here as as just a testimony of your amazing love, your amazing forgiveness, and your amazing healing power. And I thank you for that work that you've started in her that you will continue in. I thank you that you you bind up the brokenhearted and you restore our soul. So I thank you for her complete healing and her complete restoration. Thank you, God, that what you started, you will finish. And God, I thank you that as as she is freely received from you, that she can freely give. So I thank you for the ability to give those things, God, that you have given her. God, I pray that she would keep in step with you, that she would keep uh, and walk with you, and that you would give her manageable growth in these steps. And God, that you would bring those around her, God, that team, God, that you have called to be able to do this work that you have called. I thank you for those, God, that you're putting on their heart even now, God, and, and that you are setting these things in place. And God, we thank you. We thank you that your light expels darkness. And we know that this, this issue is so huge and it seems so overwhelming, but I thank you, your light, and your, your light is more powerful than all that darkness. So I thank you for the power of your that light that shines in Sarah and will shine in all those who take steps forward for you. We ask that, you, God, you would begin to let each one that are trapped in this to know that they are loved, that you begin to draw them out by your spirit and by your love and by your power. And we thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to my cookie. How about you? Yeah. <clears throat> and so, so that's one level at the individual. And we've seen this. We've seen it with Mustafa. Mustafa, I'm not going to get you get up and share. I'm just pointing you out. We we've saw how God took someone in to the family and restored him. And it was, a, it was a, the body. It wasn't just one person that helped. And we see that this is God's plan, is that his body would do that. And we would be that place of healing and restoration. But, but we can also take it to another level. How can I help my neighbor in another way? There's something, how many received this as they came in today? Um, if you didn't receive one, if you can put your hand up, because I want you to have it. This is your take-home, because this is one way that you can help your neighbor. <clears throat> I don't, I'm not going to go, go touch on it uh, a lot, but basically um, it's called MAID, and what it is is um, they're, it's now with mental illness. They're having uh, assisted suicide where they're opening it up where there are actually no no parameters a person could just say i want to die i'm depressed they don't have to prove that they've had counseling they don't have to prove and they, there aren't any parameters to stop them in any way this leaves it wide open it's what's coming and a lot of people aren't aware of it 
our government has been passing certain things like this and been shoving different things through and this and this one on I'll tell you guys why this one is so important and because once we lose the value of life we open the door to everyone's disposable and we can get rid of them and this is what happened with the Holocaust all of these things that we're going through right now they went through and that was the breakdown and it affected the church and the church was not a voice and was not a conscience to society anymore and we weren't speaking up see I don't believe that the church is to be government I believe we we want people that are believers in government yes but the church is not government government has its place but the church is the conscience the prophets spoke to the leaders of their day and they would straighten them up and say hey look God sees what you're doing here you think this is okay but heads up you're gonna stand before one who's bigger than you and what are you doing on this and so we are that voice that needs to speak to those that are in those places we are the, 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 the hands and the feet that need to be praying for those in, in government. Instead of complaining about them so much, put a prayer up. When you're struggling with something that they're doing, put a prayer up. Instead, don't be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. Amen? And so these, this is what we need to do now. In, in here, there is an action plan that you can do. And the biggest thing that you can do right now is contact your MP. And, um, and guys, I fight the same arguments you fight. Doesn't really make a difference. How many think that in your, in your mind? One. One honest person. Thank you. This is, it's important that we're honest with ourselves. Because... And, you know, I've had this argument with pastors and different ones, and they're like, that's not even a democratic society anymore. And it's like, but it is. It's not working well. But the thing is, we still have a voice, and we still need to speak. And if we don't let that voice be heard, first of all, to God, then we bring it to here. Both are needed. Not either or, both. And so I contacted my MP, and I want to read you my reply. But you need to get your reply. So it took me probably three minutes. I went to the, the website, which you'll see there. Um, I copy and pasted the little blurb, added a few of my things that make it Gregish, and. Um, and I sent it. And so this is what he said. He said, Greg, I will 100% support Bill C-314. What Bill C-314? It is a counter bill against the one that they're opening the door to. Basically, it's putting parameters and it's saying, look, if you're going to bring this in, you need to have this in place, this in place, this in place, this in place. These parameters to, to slow this thing down. Because how many know of a depressed person who has wanted to commit suicide? Both feet up, all my fingers. Sarah wanted to. Are you glad Sarah didn't? 
Well, with this bill, Sarah could go to the hospital and say, guess what? I'm done. That is scary. That is horrific. That is just, that is not caring for your neighbor. So how do we care for our neighbor? We speak for them when they can't speak for themselves. And we speak by contacting our MP. So he said, I will support Bill C-13. Trudeau continues to ignore conservative warnings and the liberal approach to made expansion is rushed and irreasonable, including the expansion to Canadian suffering, Canadians suffering from mental illness. What they are doing is a bridge too far. MAID is not a, an acceptable solution for people suffering from mental illness or psychological suffering. I am glad you see that as well and appreciate you reaching out on this. They appreciate it. And I'll tell you why. They represent us. And if our voices continually come to them, they have to go to the house and they have to say, I have this many people that are represented that are, are against this. Do you know that if you make a phone call, they, they have a stat of, okay, a phone call is, represents five people. If you do an in-office visit, that expands the amount of people that they consider because they figure if you've gone into the office, that that represents even more people. So they have to put those stats down and they have to bring that to the house and say, there's this many people in my writing that have spoke up on this. It speaks. I, some of you are like, you're still just kind of not believing it. You're just kind of like, it's true. It makes a difference. Now, is it going to turn this around? I don't know. But the thing is, I know my voice was heard in heaven and on this earth, in the right places. I didn't just complain to my neighbor. I took it to the right person, and I'm helping my neighbor. Amen? This is what we can do. And what I want us to begin to, to, begin to see is we've got to start changing a thinking. Because we have to be a people that take proper action, and that we are moving forward continuing. The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good. This is doing good. We're just doing the right thing. So, how many have an email? Okay, so do it. Just do it. <laughs> Tell your friends to do it. Because a lot of people don't even know this is going on, but this has to be acted upon because they're pushing this thing through within this next month. It's going through the house. They're just trying to shove this thing through and they're doing this. But if there's a voice that rises up, then it begins to put, um, it challenges these things and these things can be stopped. And so we've got some prayer points. If you can put that up, we're gonna pray over this right now because we're not gonna just talk about this and then just do an action, but let's pray over this right now. So right now, these are the things we're gonna begin to pray. So. Right now, they, they've mobilized EFC, which is an Evangelical Fellowship of Churches. It's thousands of churches across Canada that have joined together. I'm so thankful for this ministry because what it does, it crosses all denominational barriers, and it's saying, look, we're, we're, we're unifying on the essentials. 
and we're representing our government. They speak to parliament, they speak to all the political leaders, and they're a united voice and they can say, we represent thousands of churches that are, are speaking out on this. And so they've mobilized churches and said, this, between this Sunday and next Sunday, we're all praying. So let's, let's pray right now. So right now, Lord, we pray for the family and friends and neighbors struggling with mental health, God. We lift them up to you, God. We thank you. We thank you that they are precious to you. They are so valuable to you. God, they, 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 God, they, they have such worth in your eyes. So we just, God, we ask that you would intervene in those situations, God. We thank you for what you've done on Sarah. We thank you that you can do it for so many more. As we pray, as we pray, as we call out to you, we trust your power. God, I ask that you would cause your church to rise up and to pray into these situations. To not just listen to them and give sympathy, but to pray and to trust you, God, to intervene by your power. Thank you that you are able and you are good. You are good. God, we pray that the law allowing euthanasia for mental illness would be reversed. God, we ask that you would begin to intervene. God, I thank you for this bill that is being presented. God, I thank you for the wisdom that is behind this. And I thank you for continually giving wisdom to those who, who are, are standing up for your truth and standing up for what is right. God, give them wisdom. Give them strategies. Give them strength to do what is right. God, I pray that you would rally those in Parliament together that are, are united for your purposes. God, that you would cause them to stand strong. God, that they would gain momentum and strength. And God, that you, by your power, would intervene and reverse this. We come against the forces of darkness because we know our battle is not against flesh and blood that it's against powers and principalities. We come against every demonic force that is uh, causing this to be pushed forward. In Jesus' name, we, we say no to you. We say no to your plans. And we declare that God's plan and purpose will prevail over every one of these lives that you are trying to destroy, devil. We declare that they have a plan and they have a purpose. And God will use them mightily. And God, we thank you. We pray for a society that sees in all lives as having meaning and value. God, I pray that you would begin to restore that, first of all, in your church, God. God, that we would be those that would truly value life. And that we would be able to display that to the world so that the world could see how precious each person is to you, God. God, restore this back to this nation. Forgive us for straying so far from you. God, we for forgive us for the millions that are aborted because we don't value those lives. Forgive us for turning away from you. God, we ask for mercy. God, we ask, God, that you would intervene. You would begin to change hearts and change lives. Thank you for you are loved and all kinds of ministries that are being raised up to turn the tables against the enemy. Thank you. Thank you, God. Raise up more. Raise up more. Bring the value of life back.
the value of life back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that's another way that we can help our neighbor as we see different things that are going on, particularly um, different laws that are being passed right now because we're going to see a ripple effect of these types of things. We need to be aware of these things that are going on because once something becomes law, it opens the door um, to all kinds of stuff. And we don't realize how much laws protect us from stuff that's bad until they're taken away. And then you realize how vulnerable you are. And so the Bible talks about true Christianity or true religion is taking care of orphans and widows, right? What do orphans and widows represent? In that culture, in that day, they were the most vulnerable. They were the ones, because they didn't have welfare system. They didn't have any of that. If you were widowed, you had to figure it out if you didn't have people around you to take care of you. And if you're orphaned, they didn't have systems to take care of them. It was required, people had to come in, they were extremely vulnerable. But you know who are the vulnerable in ours? People with mental health. That is a very vulnerable sector in our society. And we need to be the voice. Amen? We need to speak up for them when they can't speak up for themselves. And so it's so important that we are, we are taking these steps. So please, please do what you can in terms of uh, um, stepping in there. And then there's another way that we can um, be uh, looking out for our neighbor. We always seem to think it's for just the down and outers, but... Um, we have our mayor's prayer breakfast coming up here. Let me put the slide up. Doesn't our mayor have a friendly face? He's just like got the friendliest face. <laughs> and um, our mayor has asked for prayer. I've pastored in this city since 1995. And we have not had a mayor that has asked for prayer. The prayer breakfast, for those that have known the history of it, has been going whether the mayor shows up or not. And it's been a traditional thing. Now with COVID, it got shut down. But our new mayor came in, who is a believer, and he's we had a meeting with him for a one church thing when we were getting together and he said, we said like, how can we serve you more? And the first thing he said is, well, where's my prayer breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so just so you know, um, right now we have every level of government's represented there, all of our MPs. So they're all coming to the table. They're saying we're showing up. All of our MPPs, so provincial government, federal government leaders, for Barry, not for all of Canada, okay? It's not that great of a breakfast. <clears throat> our mayor, our mayor is coming, who prays, 
And we have city councilors confirming it. I don't know how many here, but we have, they're coming to the table. Now we need Christians that are praying to come to the table. I want to pack South Shore Center out. I want to pack it out with people that are there to pray, that want to pray. And I want this to be sold out where we have to turn people away because we want to fill that with people that pray. And I, has, how, how many have been to the South Shore Center? It overlooks the water. It's a beautiful, we get to pray overlooking the city and just get to pray for our mayor. And uh, so anyway, be praying for this because I want this to be, and one church is a, a network of churches and we're taking it on this year. And so it's going to be about prayer. We are going to actually pray. Amen. And I need believers there that will pray with me. All right. So registration is easy to do. Just go to the onechurchberry.ca and click the link. 20 bucks. Who gets a meal for 20 bucks? <clears throat> and, um, and so we want to fill that and we want to pray for those that are in, in those positions. We recently, not recently, this was years ago, the last time we did One Church, One Voice, one thing that God asked us to do was Promenade Days Downtown had a, a stage, and they have all kinds of stuff, people performing on it. Well, they had asked the church to do something for an hour. So a bunch of churches, we got together, and we called it One Church, One Voice. And so what we, we did at that one is we, made, we did worship, and then we prayed in between the worship sets, and then we invited all of our government officials there publicly. They gave a, a, a quick address, and then we prayed for them. And, and then we let them know, like, we're standing with you. And I can't tell you how many of them came to me after, and they said, we appreciate so much that you are doing this, because they said, people are always come to me, coming to us for something they want. He said, no one is coming to us and saying, we're praying for you, we're praying for your family, we care about you. We, and we, we forget about our neighbor that is serving in government and serving in those positions of leadership. We forget about that neighbor. We think, that's your job, that's what you do. They're a person that God loves. And, and that is also caring for our neighbor. Amen? You know, God brought me back and to when I first planted the church in Barrie, and he brought this to me. And because I was like, you know, you're praying for the church, and God, why are we here? And like, why do we need another church? And he's like, um, and he gave me a picture, and I saw a building where people were going out, and they were, they were going out, and they were in every level of society, from the poorest to the richest. And they were just so full of energy and so full of life. And they were just, they were going, they were going, they were going. And they were doing, and they were doing. And I just, I saw them launch, and I saw them doing, and doing, and doing. Now, that's what we have in us. We have so much to give. We are so rich. God says that the manifold wisdom of God will be displayed through the church to the powers and principalities. How is that manifold wisdom displayed? By what Sarah's doing. By those that God puts around her. That is one way he's displaying his manifold wisdom. 
He's saying, devil, you, you thought you could do this here. Guess what you're going to get back? Way more than you threw at him. And all the others. And, and it's continually, continually, there's pushback. There's pushback. And the church is called to be those that do. Instead of just maintaining my own little house, my own little, this is what we can get into. And it's just, we maintain, we maintain, we go into autopilot. We're just kind of, I'm making it through, I paid the bills, life is good. Who cares about everyone else? Well, guess where, what's happening now? Is it starting to invade our homes? The education system and what's coming in there, we are seeing the effects of that. And the teachings and the different things that are going on there are now filtering in and affecting the minds of our children because it's demonic what is being brought in. And we have got to take some stands and we've got to push back those things. We've got to counteract and not just passively think, oh, everything's going to be okay. No, it's not. What can I do, God, to make a difference? What is it that you want me to do to, to do to bring a change? Amen? Jesus said, go and do likewise. Who was that neighbor? The one that showed mercy. The one that was showed understanding. The one that was committed to, okay, what is it that needs to be done here? Because don't believe the lie someone else is doing it. That's a lie. There's two lies, top lies on the devil's list. Someone else is doing it, and I'll wait till tomorrow. Two, they're the top of the charts. Just keeps you kind of in that spot. I'll just do it tomorrow. We're not that. Amen? We are called to be children of light. We are called to live this out. And what is it that I can do? Who is my neighbor? And God, what do you want me to do? What can I do now? Maybe it is just pray. But guess what? One prayer is better than no prayer. Or just thinking about it. This is what I'm trying to do for me. Instead of just thinking about something, pray about it. Turn it into a prayer. Because a lot of times we get caught in our thoughts. And it's like, no, turn it into prayer towards God. Give it to God. Surrender it to God. Amen? If I can have the worship team up. Because what we're going to do now is we're going to um, we're gonna pray into um, some of these situations. First of all, let's... Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.